I guess it's my, my thirst for freedom and my thirst to learn. Ever, I'm ever a student of life and I'm ever a student when I turn up to my creative practice. Welcome to the Wild and Creative Podcast. This is your host, Sarah Marie Thompson from wildandcreative.com. I'm a creative lifestyle expert and soul guide, and I am so excited that you are here because we are going to be diving into fun, creative, magical topics on every single episode. I would love it if you could help me rank higher on the iTunes podcast menu. So all you have to do to help me out is subscribe to this podcast. Let's get into this episode. So I am so excited to introduce to you my guest today, Zoe Howarth, who is the creator of Sacred Wild Soul brand. She's an artist, an intuitive, and an oracle card creator, which is amazing. You might have seen her work already all over Instagram. She's got a beautiful Instagram profile, and uh, she also creates amazing little creative cutouts of crystals and different things like that, which we're going to get into. I'm going to ask her all about that. So anyway, thank you so much, Zoe, for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. (laughs) So tell me a little bit about how you kind of got to your presence on Instagram, right? How did it kind of roll out for you? Um, Okay, well, yeah, Instagram has been absolutely amazing for me. Um, There's such a loving community. And I think that was the the key was that it it was just a sharing thing. So um, I've just always been really honest. Everything I posted has been something that's rung true to me. It's been usually something that I've needed to hear as well. So it's all about my healing path. Um, So yeah, when I first started, I just turned up... um, to the plate basically just needing somewhere to uh kind of broadcast my spirituality i'd been suppressing it for such a long time um that i really felt like you know it was time to open the door to that and um i had no idea what was going to happen i had no idea i was going to create an oracle deck for a start i didn't actually know i could read tarot cards um so yeah it's been such an amazing adventure um But yeah, so it's just been uh, kind of one thing after another, really, and just following that intuitive path of seeing what comes. I've never really had a plan with it. I've I've just gone with the flow, and it's just grown by itself. So it's been such an amazing privilege, really, to to be a part of. And it's such a brilliant community. I I love Instagram. (laughs) And so you are an Oracle Card creator, but what are the little cutouts all about that you have like all around your Instagram images? Um, Well, again, it was just a personal thing. I'm such an arty person, even from a kid, you know, I've always made things, um, whether it's been drawing and painting or knitting, or I've always been really creative. Um, And I've, I've got such a creative eye for composition and trying to make something look interesting. So it was purely about play um so yeah it it was things that I made for myself because I felt drawn to make them so yeah I used the feathers um and crystals which you know everybody loves crystals but (laughs) feathers to me um they've always symbolized freedom and again flow as well so it's you know there's that real sort of elemental feel 
um, to my work as well. So, yeah. I love it. Yeah, feathers, feathers for me, definitely, I feel like they represent kind of like a wild nature, right? Especially when you find yeah. like out in nature. It's just a real, I, I collect, I have a huge kind of vase and I have like all the feathers, the big feathers that I found like out in nature. And I, I, I love, I've got like, um, I've got, uh, you know, like pheasant feathers, like goose feathers, whatever, right? I've never, never picked from. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> my mom, I'm always trying to attract and manifest an eagle feather that I find yeah. I find myself. So I'm hoping to find one soon. But um, I'm so excited to talk to you about the fact that you're extremely creative. You've been creative since a very young age. So have I. And I wanted to share with everybody, you know, how I kind of found you on Instagram. I, I mean, I don't know how I really found you, but I remember coming across your page. And um, maybe it was to do with, you know, sharing different Oracle cards or something like that with another account. But I remember seeing your work and I was attracted first to your name, which was Sacred Wild Soul. So sacred is a word that I use in conversation, not so much in my branding, but wild, obviously, wild and creative. And then soul is another huge one of my personal buzzwords for my business. So I was like, sacred wild soul. I was like, okay, this is obviously a kindred spirit. So I checked out your Instagram, and then I also saw that you had a deck of Oracle cards. And I remember, I think, one of the first words that I saw on one of your Oracle cards was connected or something like that. And for me, that's a word that really stands out because um, the first kind of portion of of my online presence was originally branded connection to creative. So it was another kind of buzzword that stuck out for me. And um, I got, I would love to kind of get into this idea with you of chatting about this, about creatives. But for me in that moment, I felt like, Oh, I can't do Oracle cards. I was like, they've already been done. This girl's already done them. We're like practically the same person on paper and off and uh but then I kind of sat back and I was like no this is just a wonderful example about how creatives are on the right path and on the on a very similar aligned consciousness right now um I know that we can never get upset about what we see out there right because especially for very similar, like we're both spiritual, both creative, you know, we both probably love a lot of the same things. We have the same font, like for our business and so many, so many other people do as well. Right. Um, but what is your take on that? Have you ever had any experiences before where you've kind of, um, been working on something and then you saw outside of yourself, you're like, Oh my gosh, this has already been all the time. Okay. And I've, I've learned now over the years, um, yeah of being creative and following various creative businesses but actually um when you you find a comparison comes up within you um and to some extent it's almost like a weird almost like a jealousy thing sometimes uh, when you recognize in someone else like i want that and that's just the world reflecting back to you like a mirror that that's the thing you're trying to tease out of yourself Mm -hmm. And so it's quite easy, I think, though, to compare yourself and get lost in that, you know, that sort of dark hole of thinking, oh, but it's already been done, you know, I can't do it now. But everyone has their own take on something, you know, even if someone draws, you know, a, a vase of flowers mm -hmm. and you're all sat around drawing the same thing, everyone's drawing will look completely different because it's your own take on it. And it's the same with, with anything. I mean, it takes, you know practice really an experience to to realize that and so you can pick yourself up a bit quicker mm -hmm. um 
and not really dwell on it so much because it can be a bit heartbreaking when you get stuck in that feeling of comparison. I think for um, me, like when I, when I see something like that, and I'll share a couple more experiences where that's happened for me, like over the, um, you know what, I'm going to say also too, it's funny, like we both know Chris Ann Donnelly, who is the creator yeah. of um, the Sacred Creator. <laughs> It, no, no, what? Yeah, sacred creator, much using the same language as us do. I remember, you know, when I saw hers, I was like, my heart sunk again. I was like, damn it. <laughs> right? I was like, damn it. I love everything about this. And it's not so much, I think, the comparison I it gets me. It's more of like, I get hard on myself for taking too long to do something. I think that that's more like where it comes from. What do you, what do you think for you? Yes. I, yeah, I, I, I think as well, ideas come all the time when you're creative and it's, and it's like this. And the more ideas you get, like the more you kind of go with the flow of it, the more they come. Um, and in your physical world, you just can't keep up like with actually bringing them into life, into being as quickly as you're making these ideas. So yeah, I've got, I've got so many things I've got on the back burner because you're just trying to focus on one thing at a time. But yeah, that definitely, you know, it definitely happens that, um, yeah, then, then you're thinking, well, actually, I thought about that, you know, two years ago, but actually, I, maybe I should come back to that one again. Right. Yeah, there's all, so many ideas you can be working with. I like that you mentioned about the vase of flowers. Like, if, if a group of people are drawing the same vase of flowers, all the images will look different, right? All the drawings will look different. And I was talking to someone, actually, yesterday about this. Um, they were explaining, or they were just sharing with me, you know, how they thought that they're an artist, but they feel like anybody can do their art, right? So it's like, why is their art special? But realistically, like, you know, we have this kind of magical essence within all of us that is imprinted on everything that we do. So nothing that's even similar in nature is going to have the same feelings and the same energy in that, in that production or in that product, right? Yeah, that's so true. I actually, I follow a lot of um, abstract artists. I really love abstract art. And that is a really interesting thing to try and replicate someone else's art because you get a lot of people that will say, oh, that's just a scribble. You know, that's so easy. Anyone could do that. If you actually try to do that, it, yours will look a mess. It looks nothing like theirs because they're, they've perfected their process and there's so much emotion and feeling and the layers that go behind it, you know, that's, that's years of development and it's not as easy as just turning up and slapping something on a page. It's just not how it works. It's all about the journey. Um, and you know, the piece that you're seeing is just one tiny snippet of that. And yeah, I think, I think you can definitely feel like, Oh yeah. You know, um, because I think because it comes so naturally to you, you feel like it will come naturally to everyone else. So that's why you can feel like, oh, anyone can do this art. But actually, they can't. And that's the beauty of it. It's, it's natural to you because it's yours. Right. I love it. I know. It's so good. Um, so I paint a lot. I'm an abstract artist myself. And I sometimes when I don't have amazing ideas, right, I'll kind of be looking online and just different colors that are used to get different ideas and different things like that. Yeah. And especially at the beginning, like of my kind of like art career, I definitely kind of I don't want to say copied, but I kind of looked at, you know, different art and wanted to capture a lot of the same essences that were in a painting. And even say, you know, I can remember one instance where I actually tried to recreate the art because it was really cool. I can never do it. Like, I can never do it because it's not, it's not that I can't 
be really specific with my palette or my brush or what have you or the colors. It's more just so my craziness came out in it. And it just was like I was exploding past what it was, right? It, it's kind of like that same, that same, you know, magical essence that I could just not do what they did. <laughs> yeah, well, like the essence thing, though, like the painting is alive. And you can't control something like that, which is what you try to do when you copy. Mm -hmm. And that's why it can look quite rigid and dead to some extent. It's just not got the same life. Um, yeah, I, I love that though. But I, I find as well abstract painting is such a therapeutic thing. Um, I do a lot of it purely for my own soul. And it's such a great way to work through emotion. And... There's something really raw about turning up to a page and not worrying about what the end result is going to look like. You're just creating for, for the pure joy of creating and for getting this essence or force out. There's so, yeah, something really magical about that. I've always said that, you know, I believe that if everybody in the world was able to express themselves creatively, the world would be a much more harmonious place. Because I really mm -hmm. feel that when we are allowed to express ourselves and feel comfortable doing so, like, you know, just like as if you're going to paint or on your illustrations or what have you, you're getting out everything that's kind of inside that's all bottled up, right? Have you ever had a time where you've kind of taken off art out of the equation? And, and how did you feel about that? Yeah, actually, yeah. So... <laughs> Um, art is, I've got such a deep relationship with art. Um, it's been my healing path. It's been a savior of mine over the years. And actually I can tell within myself, if I've not made art for a while, I get depressed. And like literally depression sinks in. So I, this is another reason why I do it for my soul. Um, because yeah, it brings that freedom back to me. It brings that energy back to me. And I, yeah, I, honestly, my mental health suffers if I don't make art. But, yeah. It makes sense. Absolutely. What would you say to people that, you know, they have a real creative tendency within them. Maybe they're like a super creative or maybe they're just dabbling or maybe they're just curious about really getting into the whole creation process, but they're going through a time right now where they're finding it really hard to start. What kind of little tips or tricks or something like that that you can give to those that are listening? Kind of, I don't know, jump off the cliff. Jump off the art cliff, if you will. Oh, there's so many things you can do. Um, okay, the, the first thing is, is just to start. Sometimes it's quite nice to have a sketchbook or somewhere that you feel like is for your eyes only because I think there's so much judgment that comes up with creating art that we always feel like right why am I creating this it needs to be for a purpose I need to be able to sell it or whatever whereas actually there's so much process that goes on behind that and it's all about learning it's developing your style as well as you go um, so yeah having something like a sketchbook where you can just play and even just turn up to the page um, and splash a load of color on first of all and then start drawing mm -hmm. just getting over that white space which can seem really daunting I mean there's so much potential there but that can be really stifling sometimes because you just don't know where to start um but yeah I find intuitive painting is really fun and it, it can really get the creative juices flowing so um yeah either throwing some some color on the page um stenciling is quite fun as well layering things up something I really like to do is um like a watercolor wash and then draw in over the top with pencils, um, even colored, you know, 
colored crayons, things like that, and creating textures, um, drawing patterns as well. If you're doodling, so say you're on the phone or you're watching TV and you just sit there and naturally doodle, those shapes that you're creating, that is something as well that you can use in your work because it's come from a place where you're not thinking too much about what you're doing. You're not over-analyzing it. It's just flowing. And that's where you need to get yourself into that, that flow of ease where it just comes out. So, um, yeah, there's a few things you can try there. <laughs> I remember when, uh, well, first I'll say, you know, my mom is, is a great artist, but she doesn't practice art. So I remember setting her up like a blank canvas in this room. And I was like, you know, just go to town, oh, yeah. use all the paints, use whatever you want. And uh, it stayed blank for like six months. And finally, I went in her room oh. and I scribbled something on it. I was like, look. <laughs> Now it's not blank. Now you can start, right? Like, and I think that it's funny because I remember someone doing that to me in fine arts and in, in college because we need that kind of allowance to be like, oh, okay, well, now it's not blank, so now I have to start. But it's really interesting how people see a blank canvas in different ways. Now I see a blank canvas as very exciting, but some people find mm -hmm. it very overwhelming. Yeah, I think there's a, it's the perfectionist within us that we, it is exciting because we can start and we can do anything, but at the same time, you're already thinking about how it's not going to be good enough or that it's not going to look like the picture you've got in your head. And again, I think that's why I like um, abstract painting or intuitive painting as well, because you don't need to have the final image in your head. Mm -hmm. You don't need to know where it's going. You can just, you know, get lost in the process instead and, and enjoy the process in itself. And that becomes the art then. Uh, regarding what we were talking about, about like just starting, you know, if someone's having a bit of a, you know, writer's block, painter's block, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, we all get it. We all get it. Yeah. <laughs> I had a situation about maybe, I guess it was about almost seven or seven or eight years ago when my grandma passed away. My grandma was definitely like my artistic partner, if you will, like she taught me how to do paints, do stained glass, all that kind of stuff. So I really felt like all the art that I did, I always wanted to show her, right? So when she passed away, yeah. I kind of felt like I didn't have anyone to show. Like, oh, that wasn't, that wasn't realistic, that wasn't real. But um, I just was not, I couldn't do anything for a long time. I, I probably was about eight months where I did nothing, which was very unlike me. And it felt horrible. I, I didn't like it at all. And I knew that something was missing, but I still, I didn't even know where to start at that time. Cause I felt like so much time had passed. And I remember literally waking up one morning and I was like, okay, I know that there is like a free art class downtown right now, just like a random class where people can do whatever they want. And I'm going to go. And like, I remember like just getting dressed and like getting my big, like paints and putting it in my car and like showing up there and I was like this is really weird I don't know what I'm doing but I then had to paint with the class and yeah. it made me do it I knew that I had to do it and then that was the start of me you know doing work again so sometimes we really have to force ourselves but it's better yeah. <laughs> and and just that as well um working with other people that's something I loved about being at uni when I did my degree and you're in a studio surrounded by other people and bouncing ideas off each other or even seeing someone's mood board of what they're creating from, you know, you just get so much inspiration. So it's really nice. I think you can learn from each other, especially in a class where even if you're drawing the same thing, people will have slightly different techniques or they'll use different colors together, which you wouldn't usually think of. So you, yeah, that can really help to get the creative juices flowing when you, um, yeah, pick up ideas from other people. 
I always talk about this in all of my teachings and my lives, and I feel like my following is definitely sick of me saying this, but I always <laughs> say that the law of control states that we are as happy as we feel in control of our life. So sometimes I think about that idea because we are happy when we feel in control of things, right? But with mm -hmm. art, there is a sense of control and then there isn't. You know what I mean? Like especially when you're, you're painting or creating something very, very intuitively, right? Like you're going into a very almost uncontrolled space, right? Like a mind. Yeah, yeah, completely. Which is really, um, which is really interesting because art also makes us happy. <laughs> right? so it's kind of a, a very interesting contradiction because there's control, and then on the other side of the spectrum, there's trust. And I think that art's really actually getting more into the whole trust process. We don't know what is going to the final product's going to be like, right? Oh, definitely. I found this with my creative process that, um, especially with intuitive painting, it's it's helped me to push through so many emotional barriers. Um, just by working it out on the page. Something I did which was really, really fun a couple of years ago. I had a fairly big uh, blank canvas, and the idea was that every single day I was going to create another layer, and I was going to use this one canvas for the whole year. Wow. And the whole idea, yeah, exactly. The whole idea then was just to turn up to the page. It didn't really matter what it was going to be because I knew it was going to be covered over. So then you're letting go of that judgment straight away. Um, and then, yeah, painting or collaging or stenciling or, you know, whatever it is, splattering. Um, and, the yeah, it's so interesting, though, the emotion that comes up with that because there's days I turn up to the page and I'd, I'd love what I've done. I really love it. I think, oh, wow, look at those colours together and the rich texture from, you know, the previous couple of weeks that we've been doing this. Um, and then, say, two days later, I've covered it up and I hate it. Mm -hmm. And it's too dark, and it feels awful, and um, yeah, the guilt then, that, that your <laughs> the, the emotion that you go through this journey, um, but you have to then push on, so creating a new layer and working on top of that and seeing where that goes. So there's definitely a lot of trust, um, but again, you know, it's trusting that voice in your head, because I think when you turn up to a blank page with nothing on it, you kind of don't know where to start. But it's learning to trust that voice of, okay, well, maybe I could do this next, or maybe I could do this next, or maybe I could do this. And it definitely has helped to develop my intuitive um, guidance as well. So yeah, did really. Did you take a picture of every day for, for one year? Like, did you take a picture of it? Uh, it didn't last for a year, but yeah, that was, I think I did 40 days. That's um, a lot. That's a lot. Because I yeah. imagine, like, the painting, like, coming, like, closing in on you, like, as, as the year goes on, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's what I did. Like, I did a layer. I mean, not every day it wouldn't particularly have to cover the whole canvas, but it, it would be a good, you know, at least half of it, or you're, you're completely changing the look of the canvas. But I would take a photograph as well. So I'd take a photograph each day so I could see the process and track it and then go back and look at what techniques I really like. Because it's just part of trying to push myself out of my comfort zone, where, you know, when you get stuck in, especially if you find a technique that you love, and a process you love, and you just keep repeating that. And that's really great, but at the same time, developing as an artist, you need to try something new. Mm -hmm. And so this was a great way to do it, because I really had to push my boundaries and push myself past what I had been doing and the little box I've got myself stuck in. So yeah, it was really fun. Scary. <laughs> Scary. The, the perfect example of life day-to-day, -day, right? Because yeah. as a creative, I'm also 
quite emotional about things, right? Because we're sensitive and we also are passionate. So every day can be different though, right? Like one day you can be painting with like bright blues and yellows and the next day you're like (laughs) brown, black, you know what I mean? And you have no idea why, right? But it's just like... Yeah, and it can totally um, reflect your emotion. I don't know if you've ever tried this. We did this at college where we had different types of music. So you say you're painting along to some classical music. And then you're painting along to some rock music and seeing the difference that it makes because of the, the energy it creates within you or the place it puts you is so interesting. So, yeah, day to day, you know, of course we're going to change because we're going to feel different. So yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> so all of the different paintings I have around my house, I can look at them and I can and I know exactly where I was, what mood I was in, what weather it was and how I was feeling during that painting. Because normally my paintings don't take a very long time like I almost kind of like to do an abstract painting in a day or two like not spread it out too much do you have the same kind of relationship like with your paintings or are yours more like spread out through a longer process um yeah there's a bit of both here where see I because I work a lot in my sketchbook as well and a lot of the things I do are quite small and even things I've used for my oracle cards have been experiments in a sketchbook that I've sort of you know developed from Um, But yeah, sometimes I can look back through a sketchbook and see a drawing and I know exactly what TV program or I was watching at the time or what radio show I was listening to at the time just from seeing that. It's it's really amazing that snippet that it kind of grabs hold of, I guess. Yeah, memory in time. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's like taking a photo, but in a whole different dimension. I noticed, I remember that you said about, you know, artists really exercising like different avenues of creations, right? Like if you're a painter, like not just staying with your one style, right? Like actually trying different things so that you can at least be a bit diverse. Um, I want to ask you though, like when it comes to when you see other people, when you see other artists, because when I see your work, I, I can recognize it, like with your illustrations and stuff like that, which I think is really, really good for an artist, and especially with branding. Is that something that you uh, really, really like, like with another artist? Is that recognizable art? Or what do you think? Like, do you think that you can still be a great, visible, well-known artist by doing a lot of different types of art? Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, thank you, first of all, because I quite often don't see that in myself. <laughs> But um, yeah, if you look at people like, say, Picasso, I mean, look at how many different genres of work he created in his lifetime. He didn't stay the same at all. And he experimented and did, um, you know, all sorts of different things. And again, I think that's how you then develop your style towards the end. You know, the more you do, the more you're teasing, you know, your favorite bits out of things. And sometimes you don't even realize where something's come from, but it might have been, you know, a specific art class six years ago that there's a little thread in there so everything is it's that journey um it's kind of like a bit like baking or cooking it's more ingredients so you're just adding more ingredients to the pot and um yeah so the more you get the more you practice it this is the key with art it's it's not about one day i made one piece of work and it was brilliant there's so much back work to it it's it's years and years of practice playing around and when things go wrong as well and deciding why don't I like it? Why do I feel like that's gone wrong? Um, and then working from there. So, uh, yeah, but I, I love the process and I think that's it. Because just 
just as we're people and we're developing and changing and evolving, you know, as the years go by, our art does the same. So you, that's why as well you have such a close relationship with that. Um, and yeah, you kind of evolve together. I feel like my art, you know, maybe even 12, 15 years ago or so, where I didn't have any kind of preconceived idea of what things should look like. Now I have like an image. Okay. I'm going to try to recreate that in my mind and like that kind of thing before it was just kind of like wild art. And I love that about that time in my life because it didn't matter like what it ended up like. And I think that, you know, as you move along, like with your business and your purpose and time management and all these ideas, it gets harder and harder. I think to kind of mm-hmm. let it go. You know what I mean? Like just kind of yeah. whatever it is, it is right. So yeah. have you, have you had any kind of challenges like around that? Oh yeah. I, I mean, quite a lot of the time I feel like I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> and um, I think you always feel like a beginner. That's been a massive thing for me was feeling like at one, you know, you kind of assume at some point you'll feel like I've made it. I know what I'm doing. I can do this whenever I want. I create amazing art every day or whatever it is I'm doing. But actually the reality is every day you feel like a beginner and you, you turn up to the page and you just, you know, it's starting afresh in a whole new way. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think because of that as well, that's what helps to push you. So it's going to push you forward because you're trying something new, because you feel like you've still got more to learn. Um, so yeah, but it's <laughs> there's definitely a, a kind of a push-pull that happens internally, I think, you know, as you keep going as well. So yeah, and you're always inspired by different things, which, which again, influences your art in different ways. So it's going to be a journey, and it's going to keep evolving. Well, I always find that during the winter, at a time where I'm indoors more, I should be doing more artwork, but I'm very uninspired to do so. So as soon as spring happens, like it's happening for us right now, I... Yeah. Excited. I want to do art more. I want to create all these things. Uh, but I also want to be outside doing other things. Yeah. It's, it's a real contradiction. Yeah. And uh, I wish that I was more inspired during the winter. But I definitely think that I have increased my inspiration during all the seasons more. There was a time where I just loved summer. But, you know, it, it meant that winter was coming. So end of summer meant winter was coming soon. Yeah. I just live for summer. But, um, you know, I think that really seeing like an appreciation and the beauty of all the seasons, even all the different types of weather can really help you feel more creative every single day because then you can kind of pull from something that you admire or love about it, right? Definitely, yeah. I mean, I live really close to the beach and that place, even though it's exactly the same place, it changes daily. It looks completely different depending on the weather, like if it's foggy, if it's sunny, if it's rainy, the sea is a different colour, the rocks are a different colour. Um, so, yeah, there's constantly this kind of cycle of inspiration that comes. But even just when you talk about the um, the year and the cycle of the year, you know, w- winter's a time where we, as, as animals, you know, want to hibernate a bit more. And even that is really healthy to do. I think in our modern society, we're just taught to kind of go, 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 go all the time, every day. And you, you can't bring it every day. So it's, it's healthy, I think, to, to go inward and do the more internal work. And then when spring comes, I, I've experienced the same thing. Suddenly you get this burst of energy and the ideas just start flying, which is amazing. Um, and then, yeah, you kind of, you're ready and rejuvenated as well after this hibernation period to really get back into your work. 
So yeah, it kind of feeds the soul as well. <laughs> yeah, we all need those those times of contraction, right? We can't always be expanding, expanding, <laughs> expanding, yeah. right? So we do need those times of contraction. Um, I wanted to though, I would love to know what your idea is on this. So for me, when I create with my hands, I feel really, really happy. I feel really, really good. And I think that I think we're both probably physical intuitives. And that's why we really love to do that. So when I'm writing things like for a book or a project or a program or what have you, I always write in my journal first and then put it on my computer. Because I feel that well, I know that there is even some kind of Breda Thane wave state connection with our hand, right? Like when it's actually when we're yeah. allowing ourselves to kind of free write. Yeah, I get what you mean, but I, I think I think as well, this is just, it depends who it is. I mean, some of the Oracle decks, for example, or tarot decks that I've got, um, the artwork is digital artwork, and it's amazing, and it, you know, really sings and speaks to my soul. Um, there is actually um, a design show that I did in London a few years back, and I was exhibiting next to some illustrators. And their work was incredible, and they but they would kind of hand draw certain sections, um, and then scan it in and do the majority of it on on the computer. So it's digital art, but based around their hand drawings and the depth you can get as well. You're you're creating another reality, really, which you, obviously you can do with paint. Um, but yeah, I think it's actually really exciting this this idea of of combining the traditional. Um, with the modern day, I think there's so many possibilities now, and it's it's more layering really, and it's more depth you can add to your art. So I I, I think it's fascinating actually. <laughs> I love it. Do you think that people get the same kind of healing qualities of self-expression with digital work as they would with um, you know physical hands-on work? Um, it depends what it is, but yeah, I think you can, because I think color in itself is such a healing vibration. So if you're working with color and, um, say like geometric shapes as well, you know, there's, there's a lot of healing that comes from that kind of sacred geometry type imagery. Um, but yeah, I definitely think it, it's basically another self-expression really, isn't it? You're just using digital instead of, uh, paintbrush. <laughs> So yeah, definitely. And it's so interesting because I'm definitely a very sentimental person. So I love physical objects. Like I love, I treasure different things. And so when I create something, I love to hold that creation. I was just, yeah. as you were talking about people that create like crystal grids on the ground or even, um, you know, art with leaves and twigs and then take a picture of it. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. and it's just such a different um, experience for me to think about because although I have done some of that type of work I don't find it as fulfilling because I can't look at it again like yeah. it's that connection isn't it that connection to it yeah so it's very much like you have to be so okay with that creation like in that moment and what you created out of just what your heart and your intu intuition was telling you to create because then it's gone right it's just such a different yeah. on it Definitely. I think, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. You've kind of got to go intuitively with what your work is um, and where that's taking you. But at the same time, um, I have such an appreciation for other artists and what they're doing. And that's helped me to push the boundaries because you look at, you know, say some of this digital art and think, wow, I didn't even know that was possible. And then that can expand your mind and inspire you um, within your work. So I 
in, and it goes across the board. It's not just creating art. Say pottery or jewelry or fashion. All these things link together, and they can be so inspiring. And it, you know, just one one thread of of something in someone else's work can really just, especially if you're stuck, can really get you going again. So yeah, I I love that. It's kind of that collaborative vibe, isn't it? <laughs> It's so true. I'd love to get back actually to what we were kind of talking about at the beginning. And that is, there is such a collective of artistic women, especially out there online. And we all love so much of the same things, right? So we're yeah. a lot of the same colors, same wording, same energy around different words, um, same spiritual kind of focus. Um, and there's a real big spiritual creative focus right now I mean that's really a thing like not that it's new but that is something that definitely is so um open at this time and being accepted at this time and you know everybody able to it's interesting to see if this will be you know quite a major art movement you know well within history sort of looking back in years to come that this is you know where where everyone was moving especially because female as well you know, like within living memory, um, women have become so empowered, especially in, you know, in the Western world. And our roles have developed and changed. And, you know, I think this is almost the artistic side of that as well. I think, yeah, I think it's a really exciting time in history. That's so funny that you said that. So I'm just like imagining like the art books being opened up and it's talking about the Impressionism, talking about the Pre-Raphaelites, it's talking about what would this time be called? <laughs> the Empowered <laughs> Woman Creative. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like, let's look at this for a second though, because I know that a lot of women that are listening to this are going to relate. So realistically there are only a certain amount of colors there's only a certain amount of fonts there's only a certain amount of words out there right and so things are going to overlap so how can we feel really really comfortable when we see things overlapping that we know that we could have will be will be or could have created ourselves right we don't want people to then hold back and say I'm not going to create this anymore because it's already out there which I think so many people go through you know even with ideas of programs in their business or um you know website names like there's only so many words yeah this kind of comes back to that comparison thing but actually I want to talk to you right now about the music industry Okay. You think about there's only so many musical notes, and again, there's only so many words, but think about how many songs are being written every single day, how many new tracks are coming out on the radio. There is infinite possibilities, and that is the same with art. And you know, because obviously songwriting um, is another creative form. So that's you know such an inspiring genre to look at because you know, every, how many songs are there that's written about love or heartbreak? You know, it doesn't mean that, oh, there's one song, so I can't write one myself. It, it just doesn't work like that. And again, it comes back to this um, comparing yourself because you see something in someone else's work that you know you've got within you or that you, um, you know, maybe wish that your work was like. Um, and again, it's part of your journey because you're going to bring your flair and your essence to the work. So you You've just got to keep going with what you're doing and not worry about anybody else. You know, and it's really because maybe the music industry has made us feel that way in a sense, right? Because you know, when there's like a, an old classic song and then someone comes out with a new song that's kind of similar, not really, but then, <laughs> but then they get sued for like having the same beat. And it's just like, 
how is this even happening? <laughs> because there are only so many notes, right? So, you know, it's funny how we could take, you know, different um, genres of artistic abilities and kind of look at like the different situations. Yeah. About well, how fashion is another one. See, fashion comes in cycles, doesn't it? I mean, suddenly, like, flares and stuff come out back into fashion, you know, from the 60s, or everyone loves the 80s clothes, or there's always cycles of things that, you know, people come back to. So, yeah, you're always just uh, recreating the wheel, but you're doing it in your own way. And you're doing it, if you're doing something with passion and emotion, it doesn't really matter what it is. You know, if you're being inspired and you're following that, you just go with it. I love that you brought that up because my last question for you is what would you say to those that are listening for them to really embrace their own unique artistic intuitive abilities and talents? Like what would you say is kind of like the rule of thumb for you? You have no idea what you're doing and that's okay to feel like that. And we have so much judgment around ourselves and the way that we create I think you know and giving yourself that space to develop your work as well almost you're doing it for yourself it's not for anyone else's eyes but I make this stuff for my soul it's not for your eyes <laughs> so giving yourself that time um, to play to create without judgment without fear without worrying about oh if, if this is good art or bad art or what's anyone else going to say it, it's not about that it's about your expression and you're only going to find your rhythm with it and find the work that you love to do by doing it. And so you've got to, you've got to just take it one step at a time, one day at a time. And that's the thing is, even if it's half an hour a day, 10 minutes a day, as long as you're doing something a little bit every day, it's that, you know, one foot in front of the other. Um, and before you know it, it will unravel by itself. That's the key, really. And that's such a good point that you brought up earlier about having a journal or a sketchbook and that kind of thing. And having that, like, you know, when you're watching TV at night, if you do that every yeah. day, just having your journal and just simultaneously kind of be doodling or something, at least yeah. you are getting um, some kind of creativity and expression out. Because some days, like a lot of days can go past, by, right? And you can realize, wow, I haven't really created or expressed myself, you know, um, intentionally, like for many yeah. And so you definitely do feel so much better when you are intentionally creating. But definitely. I thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for having me. Very <laughs> creative and enlightening conversation. I know a lot of people will get a ton of information and, you know, helpful tips and tricks out of this. Um, I want to ask you one more question. And I haven't asked this question in a really long time. But what is it that makes you wild and creative? you know just that raw wild energy of of letting go and trusting that um the work that is going to come and following it and seeing where it goes i love it what i have got from our whole conversation is that people need to remember to create for themselves first mm -hmm. not anybody else Well, until next time, check out wildandcreative.com where you can find me as well as a ton of other fun and creative things for you to take part in. Thanks for listening.